Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. Pastor Brian was teaching on don't quit. And when he said don't quit, I thought of, I actually thought about the book that I wrote called just don't quit. Don't quit. Uh, now is not the time to quit. We've come too far to quit. And if you just join the body of Christ, you've come to a point where you shouldn't quit. We just should not quit. <laughs> and so uh, in thinking about uh, us not quitting and the fact that he talked about us and filters and, and the word of God, and he, he just, it was such a powerful message that I wanted to continue uh, in the fact that we should not quit, although, uh, and then sometimes when I think about what are you going to quit and do? I mean, in, in all honesty, if, if you are a born-again believer, what is it that you actually going to quit? And then what you're going to do when you quit? Because if, you, if you've been in the body of Christ for some time, you know you don't know nothing else but Jesus. <laughs> when push comes to shove, you go still call on Jesus. So I don't even know why we make that idle thread of I'm going to quit. You're not, look at somebody say, you're not going to quit. And God would not let it be that simple anyways. Jesus paid such a high price to get you to the point of salvation. Do you really think he's just going to let you just quit? No, he's not going to let us quit. But then uh, there are things that we can encourage ourselves in that will cause us to have a more peaceful journey uh, through maybe some challenges and trials that we may be uh, facing. And so we're just going to look at some of these uh, areas and see uh, and get built up. How about that? Get built up. And if you say, well, Pastor Deborah, I'm flying on cloud nine. I, I, I'm just, I'm just, I mean, I'm above it. I'm above it all. Well, then we want you to use some of your aboveness <laughs> to encourage someone who hadn't gotten to your place of exhilaration. How about that? Amen, amen, amen. And so I'll just give you some more ammunition tonight. How about that? Well, let us start in Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. And it reads in the King James, Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Amplified says, may the God of your hope, and this is a prayer that Paul is praying. He says, may the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing. He said, the God of your hope. He's talking about a God who's giving you a confident expectation of good, a God of promises who can fulfill those promises. They're not idle things that he say, but he actually will fulfill the promises that he has made. And actually, in actuality, he fulfilled them all through Jesus Christ. When he said, Jesus, he said, everything I said, it is now finished and you can partake of it. So he says again, and... Um, May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing. When we are filled with joy and peace, that means doubt, fear, anxiety has to disappear. If we're filled with 
the joy and we're filled with believing, if we're filled with peace, he says that expels all doubts and fears. He says, through the experience of your faith, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. He says, you're supposed to be bubbling over with hope. You're supposed to be so excited concerning the promises of God and the fact that God will bring those to pass and the fact that you qualify for them. He said, you should be bubbling over with hope every time you think about it. You should, you know, it should be hope upon hope upon hope. That means expectation after one ex expectation after another expectation because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, because of grace of God, because my God, you don't have to earn it anymore. I don't have to qualify anymore. When I accepted Jesus, I became qualified for all of the promises of God and my expectation and my eyes should be on the promises of God. He said, you should be bubbling over with hope. And I particularly like have peace in believing. He said, when you believe, peace comes. When you believe in the promises of God, peace will show up. Glory to God. And let's look at Psalms. Psalms 112. Psalms 112. And let's look at verse 5. Psalms 112 and verse 5. It says, A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. And the uh, easy reading version of verse uh, 7 and 8 says, They will not be afraid of bad news. I thought that was excellent. I was like, oh my goodness. God says that the righteous will not be afraid of bad news news. You know how, you know how something can come to us and sometimes immediately you're disturbed by it. But he says the righteous should not be, you shouldn't be concerned about bad news coming to you. He says, why? They are confident because they trust in the Lord. They remain confident and without fear. So they defeat their enemy. He says, when, 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 when bad news come, the first thing you do is say, God's got it. God's going to take care of it. I trust God. God knew this was going to happen. This is not a surprise to him. He's already made arrangements for me. He's already made a way of escape. He's going to defend me if I need defending. God's going to strengthen me if I need strength. See, the thing of it is, is sometimes we look at faith and we want uh, uh, a, what is it, a quick fix to some things. God, and so you think you're not in faith and not trusting God if something don't happen right away. The truth of the matter is, is that when you're in faith and you're trusting God, something can happen right away. It could be a miracle that takes place. But then how about he give you strength to endure? We don't want to think our faith is working when God gives us strength to endure. But it is if your trust is in God. You, you know, it may, it may for a little while, I believe that's what Peter said. He said, for a little while you may be in manifold temptation and trials and tribulation. He said, for a little while. He said, but then you're going to come out of it. 
He said, but for a little while it may be happening to you. The thing about the body of Christ, then they start to distrust God or waver uh, in their trust of God. And what we used to call, you know, my faith is getting weak because things are not happening microwave for you. But then he says, if we hope in God, if our expectation is in God and not in our own abilities, he said, you should be bubbling over with hope. You should be joyful. We should be joyful. We all know we didn't like that scripture, count it all joy. When I first heard it, I'm going, I didn't want to count it, count, count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptations and try, who, how am I supposed to count that joy, God? Well, if you're looking at God, you can count it all joy because you know your deliverance is coming. And he says, and you'll see the defeat of your enemies. That's the enemy against your, your health, enemy against your uh, uh, mind, enemy against your prosperity. Anything that is not in the covenant, in the promises of God, that's an enemy to you. And he says, but if you trust in God, he said, if you remain faithful and if you don't become afraid when you hear bad news, amen. Let's look at Isaiah 26, Isaiah 26 and verse three. Isaiah 26 and verse three. And uh, I'm looking at the new King James. Isaiah 26, let's look at verse 3. It says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. The Amplified says, You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both his inclination and his character, is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hope confidently in you. So trust in the Lord. Commit yourself to him. Lean on him. Hope confidently in him. Forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock, the rock of ages. He said, "That's you need to lean on God. You need to go to God. You need to depend on him. He says that we need to trust. He said, I will guard you. I will guard you in perfect peace. He says, he's talking about the person with a steadfast mind. He said, I'll keep you in peace. And what do you mean having a steadfast mind? That means that when anything happens, anything comes up, you look to God. Your first inclination is God will help. Your first inclination is God will deliver me out of all my troubles. Because that's what he said. He said, many are the affliction of the righteous, but God delivers him out of them all. Sometimes we dwell on the affliction. We don't want to hear many are the affliction. We get depressed by reading the first part of that. And then we don't, we don't rejoice at the end of it. So maybe you need to leave off many are the affliction and just say, God will deliver me out of everything. God will deliver me out of everything. No matter what it is, God has a deliverance for me. <laughs> Let's look at Ephesians. He said, because he said the person who, who actually dwells on God he said, that's the person who is in peace, the one who dwells on God. Let's look at Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 
Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to look at verse 13. Ephesians 6, verse 13. Well, actually, I want to go, um, let's go to verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, and let's start at verse 10. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Sometimes we try to be strong in the power of our own might. We try to convince ourselves of something. We go through some kind of a, a, a mind exercise uh, and trying to do, uh, I guess, self-medication, self-meditation, self, you know, I, I can do this, I can do this. Yes, I can, yes, I can. I can do this, I can do this, yes, I can. When we need to say, Jesus can do this, yes, he can, yes, he can. God can strengthen me. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Instead of I can, you need to say he can. And not only can he do it, but he will do it for me because it's a part of my benefits. Glory to God. So it's not a matter of us trying to strengthen our own selves, but it's a matter of God strengthening us. But he says here, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, not in yourself, but strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. His might is so much stronger than your might. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the trickery of the devil. Let me tell you something. The devil got a whole bunch of stuff up his sleeves. And sometimes you don't recognize when it is the devil. But God always recognizes the enemy. He always recognizes when Satan is up to something and when he is doing something. He can't, the thing of it is that Satan can't hide anything from God. But he might fool you just a little bit. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Another translation said the, the trickery of the devil. He says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, and many of us know that, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. He said, our fight is not against something that you can naturally see. It's not a fight against uh, people. That's not our opponent. As a matter of fact, if you want to really look at it, um, the battle actually is between God and Satan. We're just kind of in the middle of it. Seriously, we're in, we're, in, we're in the middle of it because Satan is really upset with God, so he attacks what God loves. That is a reason why you know God will defend you. But when you take it as mine and you try to deliver yourself from a fight that you don't even supposed to be a part of, y'all following what I'm saying? <laughs> then that's why God says, listen, the, the, he's jabbing at me through you. That's why you need to come to me for your help. Amen. He's just using you so I will strengthen you to walk through what's happening with you because I'm not going to let him take advantage of you because he got a beef with me. You all understanding what I'm saying? So that's why God say, come to me. When something is happening to you, don't try to do it yourself. Come to me because you may solve one issue, but Satan got something else working on another 
lane, another avenue. He got a whole nother thought going on. And also, let's, let's get this straight. Satan is one. So, I, you know, sometimes you talk to people, well, the devil was doing this. You talk to the next, the devil's, he can only, he, he's omnipresent. So, a lot of times what we're dealing with is demonic forces. And God says, I've given you power over them. You all understand? He's, I, I, I've given you power over them, you know. Just recognize what it is and, you know, just handle that. With my strength, with my power, with my wisdom, with my guidance. That's why, that's why it's important to go to God. That's why it's important to uh, spend time with God. Because he'll, he'll, he'll give you what you need to strengthen you for your day. Let's keep reading. Where are we here? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to, to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. And having done all, it just says, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having having gird your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, I want to read this out of the Amplified. Um, you'll put that up. In verse 10, it says, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. We have to understand that we are in union with God, we are in union with the Lord. He says, draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. He said, draw your strength from him. How do we draw our strength from God? How do we draw it from him? It's by keeping our eyes on him. It's by being fixated with God and, and, and what Jesus Christ has done for us. It's about us thinking about what all Jesus did. It's about thinking about the cross. It's thinking about communion. It's thinking about the resurrection. He said, that's how you keep your eyes on him, thinking about what those things are, what they mean, what, what value that they brought to you. Thinking about the promises of God, thinking about the covenant of God. God said, I gave you a better covenant with better promises. You look and say, what is the better about this covenant? The better about this covenant is I don't have to qualify for it. Through salvation, I already have it. So he's telling us that, you know, we, we are in union with him. As a matter of fact, in uh, 1 Corinthians, we can go there. 1 Corinthians. I'll just. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 and verse 9. Uh, you can look at that. He talks about the fact that we are brought into uh, union with Jesus Christ. Uh, verse 9, it says, God is faithful, reliable. This is the Amplified and therefore ever true to his promises. And he can be depended on. By him, you were called into companionship and participation with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He said, you were called into a companionship. We can't forget that. We can't ever think that we are alone and God has left us off somewhere when something happens. He said, I've called you into companionship. That means that we hang out together. That means we do things together. In the book of Romans, he talked about the same thing. He says, I'm a partner in your labor. 
That's in the Amplified. He says, I'm a partner with you. Don't forget who you are with. Don't forget the partnership that we have. Don't forget the union that we have with God. Don't forget the union we have with Christ Jesus. I mean, the word of God says that we are in him. How much closer and how much unified can you be than to be? I mean, we can be close to each other, but we can't actually crawl inside of each other. But that's in essence what God did. He says, I'm going to be so I'm going to be on the inside of you. There is no separation. I'm with you. Don't forget that I'm here for you. Don't forget I'm here with you. Don't forget we're in union with one another. Don't forget we're in partnership with each other. And what is partnership? You partner with someone else because they have a strength you don't have. That's what the partnership is all about. Glory to God. A partnership is, is not the time to declare independence. I think I know I read that in the Message Bible concerning people who get married. They said once you get married, it's not time to declare I'm independent from each other. So, so God says when you came in union with me, that's not the time for you to try to show your strength and your smarts and your savvy. He said that's your time when you depend on me. That's the time when you look at everything that I've done. He said that's how you draw strength from me, by looking at me. By looking at me, look at what I did for you. Look at what I've said concerning you. Look at the word and the and he. When you're looking or beholding in the word of God, uh, who he is and what he's saying about you, he said strength will come. He said it's by the Holy Spirit strength will come. You'll find yourself being built up. You'll find yourself finding the strength. You'll find yourself calming down. You'll find yourself at peace if you keep looking at what. I did for you. If you just keep your eyes on me. Stop looking at what's happening. Something starts happening. You, you seek out Jesus. You figure out, okay, God, you know, when you're in a partnership, you do converse, right? I mean, that's what a whole partnership is all about is you talk to one another, right? You bounce ideas off of each other. Just want to give you a hint. Jesus' ideas are always going to be better than yours. But... <laughs> But that's when you, but you know, and, but it's okay to bounce your idea off on Jesus. I mean, there are times when you just write on with what he's, what he thinks. Well, you know, Jesus, he's like, that's right. You need to forgive them. That's good. But there are other times when your idea is just not the right one. And then you yield to the one with the best idea, right? Hint, hint. Jesus always has the best idea. <laughs> so that's what I mean when he, that's what he's talking about. He said, draw your strength from me. Recognize that there's a union between us. Let's look at, um, uh, did I finish that? Uh, we can read verse 14. He says, stand therefore, hold your ground having tightened the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude and right standing with God, having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness, and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. He said, how do you get yourself ready? He said, it's produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. Produced by the good news. What is the good news concerning Jesus Christ? He said, look at those things uh, 
saturate yourself in those things, amen? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35. In the Amplified, it says, Do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. He says, don't throw away your, your confidence. And he call it fearless confidence. What is he talking about? Don't throw away your confidence in who Jesus is. Don't throw away your confidence in what Jesus has done and what he's accomplished, more of what he has done. We see, we, 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 when we talk about who he is, he is the son of God. We talk about who he is. He is the Christ. Talk about who he is, but we need to recognize what he did. That's so important that we recognize what he has done for us. The price that he paid, yes, amen, but what was on the other side of that price being paid? That's what we need to look at. That's what we need to focus on. That's what we, we need to say, Jesus has already paid it all. I don't have to pay this bill again. I'm not, I'm not under the law of sin and death anymore. I'm under the law of life in Christ Jesus. Know where your position is. Know where you stand. And so, again, we find that that, that, that uh, fight is mostly, not even mostly, it's in our minds. It is in our minds, and we do recognize that that's what it is. It's in our minds. Satan comes to drop all kinds of little tidbits and little thoughts in our minds concerning our defeat and our demise. And that's where our battle begins. But he says, if you keep focused on me, if you, listen, when Satan is talking to you, if you don't talk to him, if you just start talking to Jesus, I understand that there are times when you know you, you, have to, you have to say some things. You have to say some things out loud. You have to tell the devil who you are because and, and, sometimes he thinks you forgot. He didn't forget. It's almost like when he came to Jesus, he said, if you be, he knew who Jesus was. But per chance, I can catch you, you, know, I can catch you off guard. Let me, just, let me just try to throw a little doubt in there. But keeping our focus on who God is, he says that, uh, do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God. He says that we need patience. We don't want to have patience. I, I, you know, I admit there are times I'm like, God, can't we just do this now? You all understand, but sometimes we want God to do something now because it's just like, you know, go ahead and do it now because I don't want to deal with all that other stuff or uh, I just, I just want to get past this onto something else. God, can't you just do a miracle right here? Is it okay with you? We all want those things, but God says we have need of patience. And sometimes when things are done um, out of timing, it's not good for us. And sometimes when, sometimes as great as it is, when, some, when we get through something very quickly, we don't value it either. When it, it, we, we don't value it, we don't appreciate it. Not that God is doing something like doing things to you so you will appreciate me, but those things do happen in our lives and we can, we can find the appreciation in what Jesus has done. We uh, get the opportunity to meditate on how good he really is. 
we have an opportunity which unfortunately we come close to God and he can reveal many things to us. But he tells, he tells us here, he said, for you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God. He says, he said, you need patience so you can fully accomplish the will of God. So we can fully accomplish the will of God. And you know, I know when we think about patience, we think about, man, I gotta put up with this. I gotta put up with this. But God says, or Jesus says, he said, my peace I leave with you. Even though the situation may not be resolved, he said, you can have peace and you can have joy. We're thinking that if God, if you just answer this, then I'll have some peace and I'll have some joy. He said, you can have peace, you can have peace and joy no matter what. He said, that, that, that is a part of my glory on your life. You can have peace and joy no matter what is going on. Why? If I keep my eyes and my focus on who he is. If I don't, if I don't let my confidence in who he is dwindle because something is lasting a little bit longer than what I wanted it to last. Remember the message on Sunday? Pastor Brian said, you know it takes a minute to heat it up, yet you'll put it in. Some people put it in for a minute and open it every 15 seconds. Open, open the microwave every 15 seconds. Or you know it takes 45 minutes for it to heat up and you put it on 15-minute intervals. It's still, he's, it was funny, he said, you take it out, you poke it, it's, it's, it's not hot. You take it out and you lick it, it still is not hot. It has to go the full 45 minutes and then it's done. Ding, 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 ding. See the... <laughs> I thought that was a wonderful example. But he says in, in the body of Christ, we don't, we don't want to exercise any patience because we think patience means torture. If I have to wait on it, it means torture. Then you're not waiting on it properly. Let's look at uh, Romans chapter uh, 8. I want to show you a scripture here. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at verse 24. We're going to look at this in the Amplified. Romans chapter 8, verse 24, it says, For in this hope we were saved, but hope the object of which is seen is not hope. For how can one hope for what he, what he already sees? But if we hope for what is still unseen by us, we wait for it with patience and composure. That's how we wait for stuff, with Patience and composure. We're not running and screaming and yelling and doing backflips and y'all. He said patience and composure. Yes, I'm waiting on it, and I have a great expectation. I have I have an expectation of good at the end of it. But while I'm waiting, I'm not gonna be frantic. I'm not gonna be crazy. Because I know the promises are true. I know that the promises are sure. And that's where God wants us to be. He wants us to be at a place where we have patience. He wants us to be at a place where we have patience and composure. So God says to us, compose yourself. You know how sometimes when people are getting crazy, people slap them? To bring them back into, it's like, <laughs> 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 
Sometimes we need a Holy Ghost whap across the face. You know, do you, you know, and, and, and that is, do you know who you are? Do you know the God you serve? Do you know the promises? Do you not know what Jesus paid for? Don't you know the price has already been paid? Don't you know that what you're looking for has already been finished? We're just waiting for the great revealing of it all. That's what that slap is all about. It's like compose yourself. Look at somebody say, compose yourself. And, 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 and the mostly what they want to do is get your attention. You know, sometimes they even grab your face and say, look at me. Look at me. Let me, you know, you wondering. Look at me. And that's what God is saying. Look at me. Stop looking at everything that is around you. Look at me. Compose yourself. Realize where you are. Realize who you are. Realize what's available to you. Realize some truths concerning the fact. I mean, Miss Lois is not in here. That's good. Okay, Deaconess Lois, we went on a missions trip, and they like to take us. They would like to take us out to show us, you know, all the good things about their country and the water. So uh, they wanted to take us to this water fountain. I'm not water fountain, but this waterfall. This is in St. Vincent. And so we took these boats. <laughs> we took, I laugh because when I think about what she looked like, we went out on these boats to go. And they told us we had to go through a little turbulent water, but that we would be okay, that there were rocks so that the boat couldn't pull up to the edge. Deaconess Lois, in, in my estimation, is tall. I think she's tall. Is she tall? Some of y'all say, to the tallest woman in the room, no. Okay. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> We're not talking about your, see, that's what I mean about short people, tall people. I just figure I'm average. You just overly tall. That's all. You just way above the scale. But anyways, that's, <laughs> but anyways, in my estimation, she was tall. And so. She gets off and she's got on these fins. She's got on, I don't know, something that covers her from her, 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 her ankles all the way up to her neck. She's got on all these flippers and things on her arm. She got a life vest around her neck. And so <laughs> she's, get, she's just screaming the whole time. Ah, ah. She's backing down herself. Ah. She can hardly get down because she's got all these fins on, you know, but she. Ah, so she, 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 she gets in the water. She's like, ah, help me, help me, help me, help me. Everybody kept screaming, stand up, stand up. And when she stood up, the water was here. It was insane. But everybody, because I'm going to drown. I'm, I'm thinking, how can you drown? You got on so much stuff. But it was a matter, <laughs> of, course, of course, we're laughing because it's like, that is ridiculous. <laughs> but, but we had to get our attention, but it took a little bit because everybody's screaming, stand up, Lois, stand. She can't hear us because she's looking at the white water. She's looking at the rocks. <laughs> it's like, you're sitting down, Lois, stand up, because she's scooting. <laughs> Lois. 
and you know, and that's the way we look sometimes to God. He's like, what is this hissy fit thing you doing? And it's a matter of getting our attention. It's like, Deaconess Lois, compose yourself and stand up and just walk to the edge, please. So, <laughs> interesting, unless she did that in all bodies of water we went to, it's like, okay, here we go. What all, what all is she going to put on for, for this four feet of water? But nonetheless, that's the way, that's the way God is seeing us. We, we think we're drowning. We think that we're about to perish. We think that all is lost. We think that, oh my God, I'm, this is so devastating. We think that it's the end of everything. We think, we're thinking all these things. And God is saying, compose yourself and look at me. Stop looking around you, but look at me. That's what it means by being fixed on the Lord. That's what it means about looking to him. That's what it means by gaining your strength from him. You have to look at him in order to gain strength from him. Looking again, don't want to uh, just understand. That's where we are. And that's what we must do in order for us to uh, face the challenges that come, whatever they may be. Your challenge may not be what someone else's challenge is, but it really doesn't matter because we have been redeemed. We have been redeemed. Anything that troubles you, I thank God he says that I'm concerned about everything that concerns you. I'm concerned about it everything that concerns you. So there is no um, big thing or little thing that you think you need to handle. He says, no, if it concerns you, it concerns me. It concerns me. And I know how sometimes people are like, oh, this is so silly. Uh-uh, uh-uh. If it concerns you, it concerns God. Remember that. So don't ever, don't you rank it and determine I need to go ahead and handle this, or I, 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 should, I should be over this by now, or I should not be, uh-uh, uh-uh. Look at somebody and tell them, if it concerns you, it concerns God. Amen. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444, or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.